All right. So the purpose of this series that we've been going through is to help communicate who we are, to communicate what we believe. And so today we'll wrap up kind of the first part of this series called Our Heartbeat. And then we're going to do a two-week series called I Quit. Uh, I'm going to encourage you guys to, uh, to become quitters. And so uh, come and find out what, what that's about. But we'll start a series next week called I Quit. Um, and so, but, but let's recap just real quick. Uh, so week one, we talked about this idea of uh, we find our identity in God alone. Completely in God alone is, is he tells us who we are. He, he tells us that we're loved, that we are children of God. That in the very beginning, he had his imprint on us, that we were made in his image. And so whenever we don't live into that, that's when we struggle. So when we let anything else tell us who we are or who we're not, we're always going to fall short. So your job, your hobbies, your family, anytime you make someone else your identity, uh, you, you'll, you'll miss out on what God wants for you. And so number one core value is that we find our identity in God alone. Our second one, our second one is that we want to help everyone take their next step. We're about helping people take their next step in following Jesus. So it doesn't matter where you are, where you've been, if you're unchurched, de-churched, if you've grown up in church, uh, we want to help everyone take their next step in following Jesus. So we hope this is a place that is full of skeptics. We want this to be a place where people come and they have doubts, and that's okay. People are wrestling with what they believe. We want to help them take their next step. And then we want this to be a place where people have been following Jesus for a really long time. And likewise, we want to help them take their next step in, in following Jesus. Then we talked about how loved people love people. That, that God has first loved us, and so if God has first loved us, our response is to love other people. And we talked about this guy, Zacchaeus. He was the worst of the worst. No one liked him. Jesus sees him, says, I want to spend time with you. I want to be in your presence and immediately Zacchaeus feels this love and his life is is changed and so we too want to be a church that loves people all people right we joked about this and said man what if we changed our name to all people's church because that's what we want this place to be a, a, a place for all people we will let the love of God change people's hearts and then last week we talked about how we're not just or we want to be spiritual contributors not just spiritual consumers that, that we believe that everyone has an invitation to participate. Everyone gets to play. So maybe you grew up and you were terrible at sports and you went to PE class and nobody ever picked you. And you always felt like you were left out because you weren't good enough. We feel like this is a place that everyone is able to participate in what God is doing here. And so there's all kinds of different levels. We, uh, we, we gave you some information Last week, here's a few email uh, addresses and people who lead ministry. Guest relations is a great one. Uh, that's a great spot if you don't even know if you believe in God, right? But you're here and you're wanting to investigate what it means and you're glad to be here and you want other people to come and to investigate, that's a great place for you to serve, right? You can participate. We have a, a lady that is serving in our guest relations and the first couple of weeks she did it, because of how she grew up, she was never able to be a part of what was happening. And the first couple of weeks she participated and she got a name badge. Yeah. And it was just this overflowing sense that she was a part of what God was doing here. And she is. And so everyone's invited to be a part of this. So guest relations, worship arts, that's singing, that's the tech team, that's band. Uh, pastoral care. This last week we had a family who, who lost, we have someone in our church, they lost uh, their mom. And so... 
We often will provide meals for people. There's a short list right now of people who are able to or who have been helping provide meals. So this would be a way to, to email Cam and say, look, when there's meals needed, put me on the list and I'll help provide meals for people. We have two couples right now, one at the very early stage of pregnancy that's having issues and could use some meals. We have someone that's uh, having twins and has gone into preterm labor and is bedridden, and so we're helping them with meals. And so pastoral care is a great way to, to serve people and to help people in a time of, of need. And then children's ministry and student ministry, I said this last week, uh, but we have a no weirdos allowed uh, policy in those areas. We have high expectations of, of those people. We want to protect our kids. Uh, we, we will not let just anybody work with them. And so we have very clear defined steps that someone would have to go through to work with our kids and, and our students. Uh, but that is a much needed area. We talked about last week that 75% of the people who follow Jesus, statistics show it's before the age of 21. Before the age of 21, 75% decide to follow Jesus or not. Only a quarter after the age of 21 make that decision. Therefore, we want to put our resources and our energy and our time into those areas. And, and maybe that's an area that you uh, can serve. This is who we are. This is who we're becoming. We will never be perfect. We will fail. You, you will find seasons in your life where you are not loving people. You will find seasons in your life when you are simply consuming and not contributing. But this is who we want to be. That this is who we are becoming. All right, so this week, uh, I, I've, uh, I'm excited, but, uh, but I know uh, how heavy this subject can be. And so if you would, uh, pray with me. God, thanks for uh, this opportunity to stand before a group of people who are investigating you and, and following you. God, I pray this morning that, that everything I say would bring honor to you, that, that they wouldn't even be necessarily my words, but... But God, you would speak through me as we look at um, an issue that many of us don't want to talk about, that many of us think the church shouldn't talk about, um, but God, it is something that is important. And so would you help us as we wrestle with this um, and as we talk about this value that we have, pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, here we go. Number five, uh, we will lead the way with radical generosity. We will be a church that will lead the way with radical generosity. So this morning, we're going to answer three questions. We're going to answer three questions. One, how are we doing? Are we leading the way in radical generosity? Two, why does it even matter? Why, why is this important to us that we want to lead the way with radical generosity? And then this question, well, what do I do next? All right, so how are we doing? Why does it matter? And what can I do next? First off, what do I mean by leading the way with radical generosity? I mean this, that our local community our local community, and our global community will be better places because we will be generous with our time, our energy, and our resources. So our local community, our own church family, North County, the city, will benefit, will be a better place because we're generous. Our global community, our world, literally our world will benefit because we're generous people. That is the, the core value uh, number five, is that we will lead this way and that people will benefit because of that. So this is basically, the, 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 there's a couple of ways of doing this. Our time, our energy, and our resources. Last week, we highlighted the idea of being contributors. If you haven't heard one of these weeks, I'd encourage you to go back and listen uh, on our podcast. 
uh, stltrinitychurch.net, and you can go back and you can hear those. I, I think that's really important always, uh, but with this series specifically. Uh, but last week, we talked about this idea of being contributors, and this is basically talking about your time and your energy, time and energy. And I spent the whole week talking about how you spend your time and energy here at Trinity. Uh, we're going to jump back in this series in a couple weeks and cover the other five core values. And one of those core values we'll look at outside of these walls. But we want our local community. We want our schools. We want your neighborhood. We want this place to benefit from our generosity, from our time and our energy. Uh, many of us spend our time just simply on ourselves. If we're honest, we spend our time and energy on ourselves. We get up every morning, we do all we can if you have kids to get your kids off to school, you, you get to work, you're exhausted when you come home, you gotta figure out what to do for dinner, you go to bed and you do it all over again. And so for some of us, we're like, I, I don't have time, I don't have energy to give. And maybe for you, you have to begin to wrestle with what you can change and reorganize to begin to give your time and energy. But for many of us, we're just making it. And so a lot of us just kind of spend that energy and time on our, ourselves. But there are many of you, there are a lot of you who are using your time and energy and you are constantly giving it away to other people. And I want to highlight a few of those things. One, here at Trinity, there are a lot of people, we talked about this last week, the statistics often say that 20% of the church does 80% of what happens. Uh, we went through and looked at everyone who volunteers and we're at like 40%. So that's great. We're twice the, the, the church average of people contributing what's happening. And that's amazing. Uh, we have a, a person who works at our team food pantry that's located here in North County. Every Thursday we have someone who goes over and helps those in need with, with food. Uh, we have a lot of people who serve at Coldwater Elementary. So we've adopted our elementary that's here in the neighborhood. We want that school to benefit from our time and energy. We don't want to talk poorly. We don't want to talk about how our school district is doing. We want to do something about it. And so we're going to give our time and energy to that school. And there's people who go over there and mentor and tutor. Several weeks ago, we took a bunch of food over for, for Teacher Appreciation Week. So we are. We're, we're pouring into that school. And many of you, let me say this. Many of you are pouring into your own school. Right? So don't feel guilty if you're not working at Coldwater, because I know a lot of you are serving where your own kids go to school and keep doing that. Uh, we have a group of people who work at Missouri Hills Juvenile Detention Center. He does. <laughs> and so we have uh, oftentimes the, the, the forgotten ones are the ones that we don't give our time and energy to. And these are kids who, from their own choices or the choices of other people, have found themselves at Missouri Hills. And we have a group of people who lead Bible studies over there. We've baptized lots of kids. They take presents to them at Christmas time. They visit when their own family doesn't visit. So people are giving their time and energy. We have a group that have started this thing called Operation in the Streets that goes down into downtown. He's a part of that too. Um, uh, <laughs> they go down and, and serve in the city who are, who are meeting needs. I've caught wind of someone who goes into a retirement home and and does manicures and takes care of old people, older people in a uh, retirement home. We have families who are fostering children. We have families who are fostering, four, yeah, I, yeah. We have four families right now who are fostering kids and then a whole bunch of you who are helping them and loving those children. But that, 
Let me say this. That takes a ton of time and energy and resources to do that. People are giving themselves away to that. Like I said earlier, we have people who are providing meals to people who are in need. People, uh, we have someone who spent time, we have a, a church in the city that we do some stuff with and we partner with called Bridge of Hope. Yeah. We have someone who went down there and spent, I think I heard, around 10 hours running electrical in the, the building to help with their clothes closet. So people who are giving their time and energy to that. And then there's a ton of stuff that I don't even know about. There's a ton of you who are serving and don't announce it. There's a, yeah, there's a ton of people who are, who are giving their time and energy to make a difference in our community, and I don't even know. And so it's amazing how many of you are giving your time to our local community, and our community is better because of you. Uh, and then we have our global community, so it's not just here in North County that we want to make a difference, uh, but we also, every summer, our students go on a trip. And so our students go and they serve, and here in a couple weeks, a group of them will go down to Oklahoma City, and they'll serve the homeless. There's a huge homeless population in Oklahoma City. So we'll serve, serve them, and then we'll help with some tornado relief. Uh, we have people who go on medical mission trips. Uh, we have people who have gone to Haiti. Uh, I just want to let you know that my dream is to start a partnership in Haiti. Yeah. The Nazarene Church, the denomination that we're a part of, uh, is growing like crazy in Haiti. And so I'd love for us to pick a community in Haiti that we send people to and we send resources to and we partner with a church in Haiti to where our resources, our time, our energy, our resources benefit them. There is an invitation to participate in what God is doing with our time and our energy. And the third one is our resources. So many of us are like, okay, I'll give my time, I'll give my energy but when we get to the resources, that's when it starts to get a little more difficult. And so maybe you're probably thinking, great, we're going to talk about money. That maybe you have the, the thought that the church is just after my money. Maybe some of you brought someone and you're like, oh, great, if I knew Kyle was going to talk about money, I wouldn't have brought them today. Because there's this feeling of don't talk about my money. Right? But, but here's the, the truth that I know is that Jesus talked about money. Yeah. He talked about our possessions, and he talked about treasures a lot. Yeah. So we, we see it as important around here. We see it as something that we need to talk about. And so the question is, how are we doing with our resources? We're doing great. We're doing great. So many of you are so generous and so faithful. I, I want to just quickly show you this. Uh, we're going to look through some, some numbers here. And this goes from April 1st of last year to March 31st. That's our year. And so this is what that, that looks like for us. Uh, through that year, uh, we together have given $283,000 to the, to, the, to the work of what God is doing. Yes. And so this includes a, a couple of different things. This is tithes and offerings. So this is uh, what many of you give on a regular basis. This is offerings above and beyond what you would normally give and then what everyone else uh, gives. And then we do what we call our dollar day, that once a month we ask people to give a dollar for every person in their family, and we give that directly away. And so that totals $283,000. Now you might be thinking, well, what do we do with that? Right, what, do we, what do we do with that money? And so I want to I tell you. I want to tell you what we do with that, that money. And here we go. Uh, the first one, uh, 14%, and, and it's really a little more. Uh, it's 15% it's, uh, of what comes in in tithes and offerings. Uh, but our dollar day is a compassionate ministry, and so it goes directly out. But 
So 14% of that $283,000 goes to what we call our denominational budgets. And what that means is that goes directly away. Directly away. We don't, we don't do anything with it. Uh, we, we give that away. So $40,000 this year was given directly away from us to do a lot of different things. One thing I want to highlight is uh, it funds missionaries around our world. And so a lot of denominations, the people who go and spread the gospel, the good news of Jesus, have to come up with their own money. So they have to go to people and say, I'm going to go to this part of the world and I'm going to share Jesus with people. Would you contribute to that? And so they spend a lot of time and energy doing that. But in our denomination, the churches that we have partnered with, that we've networked with, we pay the salaries of missionaries around the world. And so every dime that comes in, a percentage of that, goes to help them spread the good news of Jesus around our world. So that's 14%. And then we spend uh, just under 15%, $41,000, on this place. And so for some of you would think, okay, that's electric bills, those are things we have to do. But I want you to see this place as a resource. So it's not that you're just paying bills, right? It's not that just we're, we're keeping the upkeep of this and moving snow and, and cutting grass. This is a resource. I don't know if you know this, but there's all kinds of things that happen in this building through the week. That we're getting to a point that this building rarely sits empty, and that's a good thing. It's a good thing. And so when you give and we pay bills and we do what we have to do around this place, it's a resource, and we're using it to help other people. Uh, let me say this. When you see things that are done in this building, paint and things that are made, uh, we do that ourselves. And so we're, we're not spending uh, an, a large amount of money getting someone else to do this. There, there's a group of people that often do the things around this building that you see. All right, so the next thing. Is staff salaries and benefits. So 51%, let me go back just for a second. The average is 25 to 35% uh, that is spent on buildings in churches. And so we're, we're below that. Uh, the average for, for staff and salaries, so anyone who works here at Trinity, so full-time staff, part-time staff, uh, office administrator, janitor, treasurer, that's where those funds go. I see our, our people... <laughs> Are, are people to help lead and equip all of us to do ministry, right? So that's the investment you're making there. Next is, is ministry, just direct, direct ministry that our children, our students, men's, women's, everything that we do, 11.5%, so $32,000 goes directly to serve children, to serve students, to do outreach. So our Kids Fest, that's money that is used to do that. And then probably my favorite one is our compassionate ministry. This is above and beyond uh, just kind of normal giving. This is when we ask you to, to, to do more. And we're not ashamed. Uh, we don't hide it. This is where we want to lead the way with radical generosity. So we pay people's electric bills. We pay mortgage payments. We pay medical bills. Oftentimes of people we don't even know. Oftentimes of people who will never step into this building. My favorite story, and if you were around, uh, it was about a year ago, uh, we became aware of a woman, and if you can't read that, I, I apologize. But we became aware of a, a woman who had cancer for, uh, for the second time, and uh, she, we found out she had four children, and her son was beginning to host garage sales to try and make money for his, his family. So we became aware of this, and someone in our, our church family went over to, to drop some stuff off and found out she had no washing machine. Four kids, 
no washing machine, doing laundry in her bathtub. And so this person was like, is there anything we can do? And I said, yeah, let's buy our own washing machine. Because you're generous. Because you've given above and beyond. And so we have this resource that we're able to give away. And so went to the store and I bought her the best washing machine I could buy her. The best. And uh, we took it over to her and she cried. And it was great. Now here's what I want to share with you just briefly. Uh, I posted this on Facebook just to share with you guys. To say, look how generous you are. And how great it is that we're serving this family. And so I put it on Facebook. And if you know anything about Facebook, uh, people view these posts. And normally for us, uh, a high view of posts for us is about 400. Let me say that again. Normally when I post something, a high post, four or 500. We had 44,000 people who saw this post. And here's why. People shared it. So people saw that this happened, and they wanted other people to see what was happening. High shares for us, 10 or 15. 10 or 15, and we had 105. And then we had 2,700 people who liked it. Again, for us, we're 20, 30, maybe up to 100 likes. Here's why. People respond to generosity. There is something that happens when we see people who are generous, especially the church, when the church actually lives out what we believe. So if we believe that that God is calling us to be generous, then we're going to be generous. And people take notice of that. We were able to save about about $16,000 as well. Now what's not included? What's not included? Uh, We we do a cold water Christmas for our school, and we estimate about $2,500 was spent on presents for families at Coldwater. Uh, we sent 72 boxes stuffed, literally, because I helped get these boxes out of here, stuffed with toys and candy and hygiene at Christmas time. 72 boxes are sent to kids around the world through Operation Christmas Child. So this year, 72 kids opened a box that we packed and sent. Uh, we have a new kids area. If you haven't seen it, we have a safe non-splinter kids area for our our children to enjoy in a new pavilion. That came above and beyond even what is accounted for here. Hundreds, hundreds of dollars are donated by you guys paying for kids to go to camp and for kids to go on mission trip. Uh, Not even counting what many people who serve in ministry just spend on their own. People who never get reimbursed, who never come back and say, this is what I spent and I want money Now, I know this seems like numbers, and like, all right, this is what it is, but this is people. This is people. This is an investment that you are making. No matter what you've given, no matter how big or how small, this is an investment in what God has called us to do here at Trinity. And our core value is that we will lead the way with radical generosity, and you are. Now, why is this hard for us? Why is this hard for us? Uh, This is hard for us for for many reasons. Uh, One, we are all for God being a part of our life in the areas we want him to be a part of our life. So our marriage is struggling. God, would you help me in our our marriage? Trying to figure out parenting. God, would you help us with our parenting at our job? But oftentimes when it comes to our our money, we're saying, I'll, I'll take care of that part. God, just help everything else. But when we follow Jesus, it's this surrender of everything. 
Every part of our life we put under the authority and lordship, meaning we've made Jesus Lord of our life, the authority of our life, even when it comes to money. Uh, Many of you struggle with this because there's been this massive amount of guilt that's put on you to give to the church. Unfortunately, some of you have been in situations where you felt guilty to give to the church. And so you've given out of guilt or you've left because you felt like you couldn't give and the guilt was overwhelming. So this is hard for many of you. Uh, This is hard for many of you because the church has abused money. They haven't been responsible. They haven't done well with managing resources. And so here's just a, a few things that we do. We have a checks and balances system. Not one person controls our resources. We actually have two treasurers. We have several people who sign for reimbursements. So we're, we're protecting ourselves. We're being good <laughs> stewards of what you give. When we talk about spending money. We're not wasting money. And we talked about a few weeks. We now brew coffee because we were spending too much money on K-cups. So now we brew coffee. We're going to save about $1,000 in doing that. It's a little more work, but but we want to be good stewards of what you've given. And we want our global community to benefit from our generosity. And so now we brew coffee that helps other people. So right now we're brewing Tom's coffee. Every bag of coffee gives clean water to someone. So our global community benefits from the coffee that that we drink. Uh, I don't know, I don't know uh, what you give. I don't know if that's a surprise to you, but I don't know. I don't look at it, I, I, I don't know. So if you give five bucks, I don't know. If you give five million, well, I'd probably know if you gave five million, but uh, <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I don't look at it. I'm human, so I'm protecting myself by, by not looking at it. We have a group of people who do and manage our, our, our resources and put that in and tax reasons, but uh, along with the board, I've decided not to know what you give. So I'm not going to abuse my authority in that area. Uh, this is hard for some of us because some of us say, I can't give right now. And so when we talk about money, there's many of us who sit back and say, man, I wish I could give, but I, I can't. So again, there's this guilt that comes up. Uh, some of you who can't really even pay your bills right now. And then the church talks about you giving money. Uh, or some of you who don't even follow Jesus. Right? Some of you are here investigating, and so the expectation is not on you to give. Right? If anything, we, we want to help you. So if you're at a place where you can't feed your family, we have a, a food pantry. So the church is going to re- use its resources to help the family as well. But we're doing great. I'm so uh, thankful to lead a church that's generous. I'm so thankful to be a part of a group of people who are doing so much. But why does this matter? Why does it even matter? Why do we want to be generous? First of all, money matters. We we can't get away from it. Uh, Many of us find our identity in it. We uh, find our identity in how much or how little we have. Uh, many of us think our happiness will follow money. If I just had more, then I'd be happier. Uh, we feel, um, or we, I believe, that money and our resources really is a window into your heart. That's why I think it matters. That the way you spend your money, how you handle your money, is a window into your heart. 
And, and I, even as I think about this, students specifically, if you can get this now, if you can learn the idea of being generous now and set yourself up to be generous later, it will help tremendously. Yeah. Listen, if it's hard for you to give two bucks now, it's going to be even harder to give 20. Yeah. It'll be even harder to give 2,000 or 20,000. So if you think, once I make more, I'll give, that doesn't always happen, right? And so, so create this pattern now as a young person where you are generous, but it's a window into our heart. And then Jesus talked more about money, indirectly or directly, than he even does about heaven or hell or about love. He talks more about money, directly or indirectly, more than he does some of those things we find super important. So let's look at a few of those things. I'm going to use uh, quite a bit of scripture today because I don't want this to be what I think. I want this to be um, what Jesus says. So if you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you a Bible. Um, these are, are leaving the building, which is really great. And so we need to uh, replace them. And so if at any point you would like to be a part of buying a Bible, we found them for about six bucks, um, let us know and you can help uh, replenish those that people are, are taking. So if you don't have one, we'd love to, uh, to give you one. So here we go. What, what does Jesus say about it reflecting our heart? Uh, we're going to look at, at, at a scripture, Matthew six nineteen. Matthew six nineteen, And it says this. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Now listen to what Jesus says. He says, for your treasure, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Uh, unfortunately, I'm learning this more and more all the time. That when I really begin to like my stuff, I either lose it or it breaks or something better comes out. Uh, I have a phone. I have an iPhone 5S. I like it. I use it too much. Um, but but it, it's, it's pretty much always with me. Not too long ago, I get out of my car, drops, screen shatters, Right? And so every time I look at it, I'm reminded of this. Yeah. Look, at everything I, I put my money into here on earth is going to be gone. Yeah. Uh, last week, the kids, uh, they, they, my, my children downloaded an app to help them brush their teeth. <laughs> and so it times them, and they get rewards in this game. And so every time they brush their teeth, they use my phone. And, and so they set it on the sink. Yeah. yeah. They set it on the, the sink, and I'm in the other room, and there's this sound that plays. It's this song, and it's playing really loud. And then all of a sudden, it goes muffled. Oh, no. And I was like, Kennedy, what happened? She doesn't say anything. She's like, it's in the water. And I was like, well, get it out of the water, right? <laughs> and so she brings it to me, and it's one of those moments, right? It's like, I was upset, yeah. right? But then I'm like, it's, it's stuff. So now it's cracked and water has got in. And so now every time I push it, you can see almost like this water underneath my phone. It still works. It still works. Yeah. I prayed for it immediately when it happened. I'm just kidding. I did not pray for my phone. But here's the deal. What you have will be gone. What you invest in here on earth will go away. And so Jesus says, invest in something that matters. 
Invest in something that doesn't leave. Investing in people doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. And then the tricky part is where, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. It's interesting that it's not the other way around. Yeah. Right? Jesus doesn't say wherever your heart is, that's where your treasure will go. He says wherever you find your treasure, that's where your heart is going to go and it's going to care about. That's why it matters. Because our stuff is a window into our heart. Jesus talks about giving for the wrong reason. Matthew 23, 23. Jesus says this. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. So before we get to this last line, this is what's happening. In the Old Testament, there was this rule, and it was called the tithe. And so it was a very clear expectation that the Jewish people, when they would harvest their crop, whatever they had, the first 10% would go to the temple. Immediately, they would give it to the temple. They would give it away. And so you have these Jewish people where Jesus comes along and they're still doing this. They're still giving a tenth of everything that they have away. But, but they're neglecting other important things. They're not about justice or mercy or faithfulness. And so this is what Jesus says. You should have practiced the latter, so you should have been full of justice and mercy and faithfulness without neglecting the former. So Jesus is saying, I'm not telling you to quit tithing. I'm not changing that, that practice, but what I'm saying is that there's more to it than just what you give, that your life should be about other things as well. And so to this day, there are millions of Christians who get paid, and 10% goes directly to the church. 10% directly to the church. Uh, and to be honest, if, if that didn't happen, uh, we would be limited. It would be, God would still do things, but our resources would be limited. Many of you do this. You give 10% every week to the ministry that's going on here at church. Uh, the average Christian, those who confess to follow Jesus, the average is just under 3%. The average follower of Jesus gives 3%. And so Jesus doesn't come and say, okay, quit tithing. He just says, all right, keep, keep doing that, but, but for the right reasons. These guys were doing it for the wrong reasons. Let's look quickly. Three reasons uh, that people tithe. People tithe this covenant. And this is what I mean by that. This is under the law. So there was this promise. If I give 10%, then God is going to bless me. Right? He's going to take care of me. So it's this covenant that God made with his people. You do your part, I do my part, right? And, and, and conversely, if you don't, then there would be judgment. So many people give for that reason, right? I'm going to give because I know if I give, then that God is going to bless me in, in materials. And so many people give as a covenant. Many people tithe 10% as legalism. They tithe as legalism. What I mean by that is it's this means to satisfy religious obligation. Just an obligation. So we legalistically give. So we tithe because that's what we're supposed to do. This is what these guys were doing. They were doing it out of covenant and they were doing it just legalistically. This is what I do. I'm not going to worry about what else I'm supposed to do. I'm just legalistically going to give of my resources. And many of us think if I do that, then I'll earn more of God's grace 
more of God's presence, more of God's forgiveness. So we give legalistically. But I, I want to change something in your, your heart this morning, hopefully. I want God to change something in your heart. And that's tithe as worship. So you have tithe as covenant. You have tithe, tithe as legalism, which I hope that you're moving out of, and you tithe as worship. And what I mean by that is when you give, you give out of this overflowing gratitude of what God has done in your life, what God has given you. And so when you do it, you give generously, you're, you're doing it as an act of worship. That's why every time Justin comes up or I come up, we say we're going to continue a time of worship. So when you put something in the bag, whatever it is, that is an act of worship. Ultimately, the focus of giving is on a person's heart, not amount, the amount on a check. Is the condition of one's heart, not the percentage on a check. So I think tithing is good. I don't think it's bad. I think it's a great practice to, to, to do or to work with. But my question for you right now is not whether or not you tithe, but for many of you, it's why. Why, why do you give? Why do you give what God is doing? Whether it's a, a tithe or it's just sporadically. But why do you give? Is it because you want God to bless you for giving? Is it because legalistically you feel like you have to? Or is it an act of worship, an overflowing of what God has done? Uh, we believe that we're blessed to be a blessing. We're blessed to be a blessing. 2 Corinthians 9, 11. 2 Corinthians 9, 11. Paul, who writes this, who is a follower of Jesus, he says this, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be what? Generous on every occasion. Paul doesn't say you'll be made rich in every way so that you can buy everything you want. You can save as much as you want. But no, he says that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Your generosity could result in someone else giving thanksgiving to God. Uh, my wife and I, very early on, we, we went through an organization called World Vision, and we support a little boy through World Vision. And so every month, there's an amount of money that we send, and we write letters, and he writes us letters. And we got a letter the other day. And he basically started out with just by saying, I thank God. Every time he writes, he says, I thank God for you and your family. I thank God for you and your family. And there was a picture of him and a goat. And he said, with the Christmas offering, I bought a goat. Right? And so he's thankful for that. He's thankful to God because of our generosity. Paul's saying, look, when you are made rich so you can be generous, other people give thanksgiving or find thanksgiving towards God. So we are blessed to be a blessing. And I don't think it's wrong to be wealthy. I mean, it says right here, you will be made rich. So I don't think it's wrong to be wealthy. I don't think it's wrong to make much. Money is not evil. But I will say this. Jesus said this. It makes it often hard to follow Jesus the more wealth that we have. But listen to what Jesus said. Matthew 19, 23. Jesus says this. I tell you the truth, it is hard, not impossible, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. He said, look, if you have wealth, it's going to be hard to enter the kingdom of heaven. And why? Well, if we go back to what's called the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus basically preaches really one of his only sermons, he says this, that no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one 
and love the other, or he would be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You can't serve two masters. You can't serve both God and money. And so oftentimes for us, if you are wealthy, if you have a lot of money, often there is this time of, do I really need God? Do I I need him? I have so much. What else can God give me? And and so I think if we begin to serve and give our heart towards things, then, then God often takes kind of a back seat. So wealth is not bad. Jesus just says it's often hard to enter the kingdom of heaven. And so here's my suggestion to you, and this is what I have learned uh, in, in, in my life. You have an option. You either live life closed-fisted or you live it open-handed. So you either hold on to what you have very tightly. You, you put all your heart and your soul into working more, into making more, into getting more, and you hold on to it. So when it breaks or you lose it or it gets put in water, uh, it, it ruins you. Or you can begin to live life open-handed and say, man, God has given me so much. These are resources for me to begin to give away. And it's about generosity. It's about generosity. Uh, listen to this, uh, this story that, that happens with Jesus and his followers. Found in Luke 21, 3 through 4. It says, as he looked up, Jesus saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. These would be what's called a mite. Uh, The two would have equaled what's about a half a penny. Right? So it says he also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Jesus says this, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in all she had to live on. Now, I want to teach this a little differently than maybe what you've heard. Because often if you've heard this, uh, the widow is made out to be a hero. We often say, oh, look at the faith of the widow. She gave all that she had. My thought and my question is, well, now what? Now what happens to the widow? She has nothing. She's going to leave the temple and go home and have nothing. Right? So, so let's back up, because if you take that without looking at what's before it, that's what we would think. So if you go back to Luke 20, 45 through 47, it says this. While all the people were listening, Jesus said to his disciples, Beware of the teachers of the law, the religious leaders. They like to walk around in flowing robes and love to be greeted in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. So they want to be seen. And it says this, verse 47, they devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. Such men will be punished most severely. And so Jesus saying, Look, we have these people who just want to be seen for their religious duties, the legalistic side of it. Then he says, those people abuse widows. Now, who are the widows? These are the people that were one of the most forgotten group of people during this time. They literally had nothing. It was such a society that was based on males. 
So if you lost your male, you have nothing. So you have no resources, you have no possessions, you have no property, you have no protection. And then he says, look, all these religious people that, people that want to be seen are robbing the widows. And then look what happens. A widow comes, right? And gives all that she has because she probably thinks she has to. Right? So for, for a long time, if you have grown up listening to this, we've often said, oh, look at the faithfulness of the widow. But I think what Jesus is pointing out here are the other people. The other people where it says that they have given out of their wealth. They've given out of their riches, not their poverty. And so what I think this means is those other people gave and it really didn't matter. They didn't miss it. They gave it. They went and ate fully. They gave the persona that everything was okay. And they didn't miss it. This is still happening today, not just in the church, but in society. Statistics show the most generous people in our society, percentage-wise, are the people who make less than $12,000 a year. The people who live below the poverty line in percentage give more than anybody else. The bottom 20% give twice as much in percentage than the top 20%. So it still happens. Many of you are extremely, extremely generous. And you know what this means. You, you give and you don't really even notice that you give. Some of you give sacrificially and you know it, whether it's out of wealth or poverty. And so I think Jesus is saying here, look, it's not, the, it's not what you put in. It's not what you were dropping in the temple treasury. It's, it's a matter of the heart. And are you generous with what God has given? This is why it matters. This is why it's a core value of ours that we will lead the way with radical generosity. I believe God wants us to enjoy what we've been given, but not just for us. Uh, Paul writes to this guy named Timothy, um, and he says this in, in 1 Timothy 6, 17. He says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Did you hear that last part? Who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. So again, it's not bad if you, if you have wealth. It's not bad to enjoy what God has given you. But don't be arrogant. Don't, don't put your hope in your wealth. Hope in God who, who provides for you. Who provides for you. So as we look at this, this lady who, who gave, um, this might be you. You might be at a point in life where you, you're not able to give. This is not a message of guilt. I do not want to be a place where those who can barely pay their bills give what they have to walk out and just hope that everything works out. I would rather you come and talk to me and, and let me help you. And, and we have people here who are really good with finances who could help you with a budget. Or maybe there's resources and people are trying to hire and, and we network together to take care of people. Verse 18 of that, what, what Paul just told Timothy, says this, command them to do good to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. To be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. Just really quickly, two things. What's next? What can you do? I want to challenge you to give strategically. Give strategically. Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly, 
or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. This means we should give thought to what we give. That you, that you should think about what, what God has put on your heart that you want to invest in people. That if you're married, you should discuss with your spouse that you should use your kids and let them get involved. But it's very clear that we shouldn't give under, under compulsion only. And there's times where you will. You'll give spontaneously to someone in need. But I think when we give what we've decided in our heart, we give cheerfully. We're excited about what we give. When you have a plan, there's a reason why you, you give what you, you give. Uh, my family did a little run last night in Ferguson, and uh, my daughter did a one-mile fun run. And so I ran that run with, with Kennedy, and Kennedy decided before the run she was going to run the whole mile. She told me, I'm not walking. I'm like, okay, well, if you have to walk, we can, we can walk. That's what I told her. We can walk. I'm not walking. I'm not walking. So it's, five, it's a half a mile out and a half a mile back, and we get about to the half mile, and and Kennedy says, do you think I can make it? Do you, do you think I can run this whole thing without walking? I'm like, yeah, I think, I think you can. But if you need, if you need to stop, you can, you can stop. We can walk for a minute. No, I, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop. Three quarters of a mile in, my daughter's going, <laughs> she can't breathe. I, literally, I'm getting nervous. She cannot breathe. And so I tell her, Kennedy, you have to breathe. Then she starts crying. Right? Why does she start crying? Because she has this horrible pain in her side, and now she can't breathe. And she starts, she starts to cry. And as her dad is just killing me, I'm like, stop. Let's, let's stop and walk. And she's like, no, I want to run the whole way. And so we enter, and there's all these people standing around watching, and Kennedy's just crying as she crosses the, the finish line. And we get there, and she finishes, and then she's so happy. She's so happy, and she recovers, and she feels good, and she was so proud of what she had accomplished. I promise you, if she did not have a goal before she started that race, she'd have walked. No doubt in my mind. If she had not set a goal of what she wanted to do, half a mile in, Kennedy would have walked. But she knew what she wanted to do. She was strategic about what she was doing. Can I encourage you to give strategically whatever that looks like for you? Whatever that looks like for you, give strategically. Not under compulsion, not under guilt, not reluctantly, but to be a cheerful giver. And then the second one, give radically. Give radically. This is what the early church did, Acts 2, 44. This is an account of what the early followers of Jesus did. It says this, all the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Not 10%. <laughs> selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And then this, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Those who were following Jesus added daily because these people were living a radically generous life. Radically generous. Now, this looks different for all of us. Radical generosity looks different for every single one of us. There's an invitation, isn't there? Not out of guilt, but an invitation to be a part of something that is bigger than you. 
That's why I love the dollar day so much. Every one of us gives a dollar and we pay someone's electric bill. Something maybe you could never do on your own. But your dollar, your dollar, and your dollar all combined together meets needs of people in our community. Back to the washing machine, and this is in closing. This is why, this scripture right here is why 44,000 people saw it. This is why 105 people shared it. Because they noticed this radical generosity that a group of people, Christians, the church, did together. No expectation from this family. Nothing in return. Generous with the resources we have. Uh, The band's going to come up and they're going to close with a song. Ultimately, uh, we are investing in people. We're investing in what God is doing. And so we're going to move from this space down to the gym. Can I beg you not to leave? Uh, Can I beg you, lunch can wait, uh, I promise. Will you make your way down to the gym and celebrate with some people who are going to be baptized this morning? This is a picture of your investment. We invest in people. This building could go away. We're still going to invest in people. And so you, when, you, when you give, anything you give is an investment in people. And so we're going to celebrate in a few minutes uh, with, with, with some people who have decided to follow Jesus, who believe in God's goodness and his grace, and they're committing to follow him. If you are being baptized, Justin's going to be in the back, and uh, Justin will take you guys down towards the gym. And uh, if you guys would, would begin to get ready, and um, we'll, we'll move in that direction. As we sing this song, would you begin to kind of reflect on these five core values? What will you think about where you're at spiritually? Will you ask yourself maybe some difficult questions? Maybe you're comfortable. Maybe this morning God is pressing in on you to say, you're a little too comfortable. Not just with generosity, but maybe with your time, maybe with loving people. There's something going on this morning. I think maybe God would be pressing in on you to say, reflect on this this morning. So I'm going to pray. We're going to sing. Uh, Mark will dismiss here in a minute. Quickly, if you would, make your way down to the gym. Just follow the group of people uh, that will make their way down there. We'll, uh, we'll celebrate together, and then you can enjoy, uh, enjoy lunch. Would you pray with me? God, thanks for uh, this morning. God, this is a difficult subject. This is a hard one um, to talk about because we want to manage our own stuff, and we put so much of our, our heart and our mind into what we have. And so, God, would you begin to change our heart? The scripture we looked at earlier, Lord, would you help us to see that that what matters most is not what's here on earth. It's temporary and will go away. But what matters most is you and what you're doing. God, thanks for allowing us to play a part in that. Um, I'm so thankful for these people who are going to be baptized. This picture, this outward sign of this inward grace that you've done in their lives. Uh, Would you help us as we celebrate with them? Praise in Jesus' name. Amen.